Today on the Bourbon Bites podcast, I'm sitting down with a friend from the WhiskeyTube community and chatting Russell's Reserve tenure and how to make whiskey more inclusive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bourbon Bites podcast. I'm your host, Clifton, and today I am so excited to invite one of the most well-known members of our community that doesn't have a channel. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Emily Chambers. Emily, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for having me, Clifton. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, I'm, I really um, believe in this community, and I do my best to be as supportive as I can. So I really appreciate the opportunity to expand that whenever possible. Awesome. So if you guys don't know Emily, she is one of the amazing mods across WhiskeyTube. She is in more channels. How many channels do you mod for? Do you even know? <laughs> uh, last count on WhiskeyTube specifically was around seven or eight. Wow. Um, and then I'm, I'm kind of delving into different aspects of the nerd um, geek sphere as well. So I'm going to need a bigger tool belt. <laughs> Pretty soon. Well, we we are so thankful to have you, you know, in our chats. I mean, we especially with all the bots coming out lately. Like, it's so grateful to have you and the other mods um, across the community helping keeping the chat, you know, sane, safe, and enjoyable for everyone. So, first of all, I want to start by saying thank you for your amazing work there. Well, thank you for having us all. And you know, it's just it's about keeping everybody safe and keeping stuff rolling and try to add whatever value or information. Uh, we can while you hosts are busy hosting and you can't know everything on the fly. Yeah. Especially like when I have a guest on, it's always, it's difficult when I'm interviewing someone from a distillery, like I keep up with the chat, but not as much as when I'm just by myself. So a lot of times I'll miss something that happens and I see that you guys catch it. And I'm so grateful for that. So if you guys are just listening to the podcast, um, you may not know that I do a live stream on YouTube. That's what we're talking about um, with the live chat there every Thursday night. People are live across WhiskeyTube every night of the week. So Emily, we, we thank you so much for for keeping holding down the fort, I guess we should say. I, I try. I do what I can. So glad to do it. Thank you so much. So I've invited Emily on the show today. One, because I enjoy chatting with her. Um, and two, we share a common passion. But not just that, we share a lot in common in terms out of things outside of WhiskeyTube. So Emily actually let me know that this month, the month of July, is Disabilities Pride Month which is something that I didn't know existed. And I'm a little upset because I'm like, I could have had two Pride Months in a row. What the heck? Well, now you know. <laughs> exactly. So, so Emily, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, what this month really celebrates and um, or just what it represents to you. Well, it started um, initially uh, because um, the ADA, uh, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, was initially passed on July 26th, I believe, of 1988. So that's why uh, July was chosen as Disability Pride Month. For myself and a lot of advocates that I know, especially if you grow up um, disabled, it's sort of a badge of honor, scar story that we just kind of incorporate into the rest of our identities. For the month itself, it's really to be able to put forward um, the diversity of experiences that are real and valid for disabled people across the board. And, you know, I'm proud to be who I am. And the reality for me is I wouldn't be the same person if I hadn't grown up with the same experiences of um, disability and medical experiences that I did. So that that's really important to me. Being able to um, have July as a way to 
to really celebrate the po- the uh, realities and the positives of um, the totality of my experience as it relates to disability and other things is really um, important to me. So it's an opportunity I'm really glad to have. Absolutely. And for those of you, again, people that may just listen to the podcast and don't watch me live, I actually um, am part of the community. I am a right arm amputee. I've been this way since I was three days old. I had uh, a hemangioma on my arm that basically caused all the blood from my body to flow into this giant bubble on my right arm. Uh, So I had to get that removed or basically, you know, the only other option was, you know, not surviving. So um, I'm grateful for my parents for making that decision and that I'm here today. Um, But yeah, it is a community that I grew up around a lot of people. I went to um, the Shriners Hospital in Greenville, South Carolina. So I was around a bunch of other children um, with disabilities all across the board. Um, But it's something that I really want to be more involved with uh, now that I'm older and have not necessarily, you know, a huge platform, but uh, some sort of a platform. So that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast today, because I think it's something that there's a lot to talk about within the community and who better to have it with than Emily, who is such a big advocate for these issues. Oh, absolutely. So Emily, do you want to drink some bourbon? (laughs) I have Russell's 10 poured. It's kind of growing on me. Yeah, so I so you mentioned that you've been drinking a lot of this one lately. So I grabbed a bottle of it yesterday. I haven't had it in a minute, but I'm so excited to get it poured. So I'm gonna go ahead and get that open and get that poured. Nice. So what was your journey? You've been enjoying Russell's lately, but you you said that you kind of Wild Turkey 101 had like a pretty big impact when you were getting into whiskey. Wild Turkey, I I was able to try late enough that I that I really liked it. I don't I didn't get any of the negative stigma. So that was kind of why I wanted to head in this uh, Russell's 10 when it was available um, easily where I am. I actually started, funnily enough, with Johnny Walker Black in college. It was it kept me away from the riffraff of <laughs> crap in college priests. Like, okay, well, do you have Johnny Walker Black? No? Well, then I'll just have a water. It's fine. Yeah, and I, I ha- I'm a fan of Johnny Walker Black. It was actually one of the first scotches that I actually ended up trying. So I do I did have a good experience with that, too, when I was trying to get into um, exploring beyond just bourbon. Yeah, it's a nice underrated sort of starting point. Um, it has changed since I had it um, initially, so it's not quite as much of a favorite as it used to be. But it was a nice place to play. And it was funny also... That when I really started um, getting into whiskey, once I found the community, Deanston was one of my first other Scotch go-tos, which I found out the other day, Clifton, was is something that you're really a fan of as well. Yeah, I was drinking some Deanston last night on um, the Dungeons and Drams, which is our D&D campaign I have with a few other channels. And I, yeah, I had three different G- Deanstons last night, and I, I, I realized why I love them so much. They're just so good. Like They're one of the few Highlands that I can really get into. Right. It's such a light starting point that it's a really nice way to go and, and really get your feet wet. As an everyday pour, I do really like uh, the Wild Turkey products, the 101, um, the Rare Breed. The Russell's 10 is good. It's sweet and caramely and a little bit of vanilla. It's um, it's nice. If I had to do it again, I'd probably lean more towards Rare Breed. But, you know, I've, I've not had a Wild Turkey product that's really done me wrong. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I haven't had Russell's 10 in in a long time. I've had a few single barrels, which um, are higher proof. So this one is a 90 proof bottle. Like I said, it's a 10 year. Um, so yeah, I think with Wild Turkey, I I also agree that they have done no wrong. Not that they've done no wrong. Let's, I haven't tried every Wild Turkey ever, but I will say of the ones that I've tried, I've enjoyed them all for what they are. I mean, I even did a podcast recently on Long Branch, which I think a lot of people 
hate on a bit, but like to me, I really like Long Branch. I mean, for what it is, again, you know, it may, some people may argue that it's a little, little pricey, which I agree. Um, speaking of price, this Russell's 10 is about $40 in my area, which is in Southern California. How about your area, Emily? Um, when I pay, when I got it the other day, it was about 35. So similar price point. Um, it runs between that 40, 30 ish range. Okay. I'm giving this a nose right now. And I think, um, to me, I can definitely tell there's, it's got some age on it. I mean, a lot of wild turkey products, especially the ones that are, you know, a little bit lower price don't have age statements, but to me, there's a lot more oak coming off of the nose on this than I, than I think I've had with many other wild turkey products, at least, at least to me right now. Yeah. It does have a, a really nice oak. It's not like a Woodford experiment where you're like, okay, what can I cut this with? <laughs> and I think, I mean, to me, it's it's also like typical wild turkey spice. Mm-hmm. I think it has a certain element to it that I think it, it's not not quite cinnamon. I don't know. It, I, I'm so I'm so bad with naming specific, you know, baking spices, but there's definitely the typical wild turkey note that I've gotten across their lineup. Um, but like I said, it's complemented by that wood that I feel like I don't usually get. I'm, I'm really liking the nose on this one. You think it's clove, maybe, maybe a little bit of black pepper or. Nutmeg? Yeah, I was I was actually I was thinking nutmeg, but I was, I could also see clove there as well. All right. Well I'm excited to go ahead and give a give it a sip. So cheers. Cheers. Oh yeah, now you got you got me stuck on clove. So like that's definitely the first thing I taste with this one. I'm trying to pull out those spices. I'm thinking maybe some allspice. Yeah, some of that as well. I still get a bit of cinnamon. I think I always get a little cinnamon on wild turkey. I think also it complements the um, oak spice that I think is there too. So there's like a bit of the wood spice, some of the the more traditional kind of char elements to it that I think, again, waiting for a 10-year-old product. But I think the cinnamon goes with that as well as the sweetness. You mentioned sweetness early on and this one. I do agree. It's pretty sweet compared to some of the um, higher proof releases, especially like Rare Breed. I think this is a bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. It is sweet, especially on the front. It's a little bit thinner, I think, than Rare Breed typically is just because the oil differences. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a nice, solid pour. And if I see it again, um, hopefully maybe on sale, I will definitely keep that in rotation. I'm, I'm happy with this. Yeah. Have you had any of the single barrels? I have not had have single barrels yet, no. Gotcha. Uh, so, so I think this one is, first of all, it's cheaper. That Those are almost double the price from my memory. I think those are, they're closer to like $65. I think honestly, unless it's a, a store that I really trust and really like their flavor profile, I think I would rather buy this than some of the, just the off the shelf single barrels, because I've had some really hit or miss ones. I think this one is more solid, more traditional. And especially if you're looking for something with that classic wild turkey profile, I think Russell's 10 is just where it's at. I mean, if you, especially if you don't prefer the super high proofs, like the barrel strands, like rare breed and things like that. If you want just a solid, not necessarily low proof, it's 90 proof, it's not 80 proof, um, but something with some good age on it and like a mid to low proof. Um, yeah. Russell's 10 is, is where it's at. Yeah, it's a nice middle ground. Um, and actually, now that we're here, I'm thinking, I wonder what kind of a Manhattan I could make with this. Oh, okay. That would probably be fun. I should try that. Yeah, definitely. I think I think with the sweetness, it almost, I mean, when I'm thinking of a Manhattan, it kind of does taste a little bit like a vermouth. I don't know what it is about it. It has a bit of like a berry note that I think would be really complimentary to like a really nice vermouth. I mean, man, I might have to try this after this stream or this recording. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> so... So while we're here, we, we have a great glass of bourbon, but I wanted to kind of, you know, take this as an opportunity. I mean, you've shared some really amazing resources with me over the past few weeks. I'll open the floor to you, Emily. I think you have so many great, you know, ideas and, and opinions on these things. I think let's open it up to you. What, what do you want to talk about today? Part of it is just starting with a love letter to to the community. And when I found 
whiskey tube as a community, I did not disclose my disability status. It was not until about a year in that I really felt comfortable enough with, with some of the issues that were coming up to really say, okay, either I'm honest about this with these people who I care for and trust, or I'm going to have to lie about it for every other interaction that I have with them, and I don't want to do that. So that really gave me the grace and the space to go forward with that, and I'm forever grateful. Mm-hmm. And it's my hope that by being um, involved in communities like Whiskey Tube, that I can really make a difference that way, not by necessarily beating people over the head with disability-specific related issues, but really showing myself as more of a whole um, complex, complicated person with information and um, interests that people can relate on, even if my experience is something that is really different or really scary to some people. Mm -hmm. So I like to open doors as much as I possibly can for people. And if whiskey's a way to do that, then I'm all for it. Also, it tastes really good generally. So <laughs> that's always a good thing. Very true. Well, and, and that's interesting that you you approach it that way. I mean, I think of something that to me that 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 resonates with is for me being you know a part of the LGBT community. I identify as gay, and you know I'm married. I have a husband, and I feel like that's kind of a, a community that is kind of not necessarily represented, especially in the whiskey industry. So I always think of like, I think about that, you know, anytime I'm talking about that kind of issue on my channel on the podcast, you know, I feel like not that I'm, you know, the voice of the gays, but like, I feel like maybe I'm the only gay person they watch on whiskey tube. And maybe, you know, even if it just changes one person's mind and like, Hey, you know, gay people aren't that different from me. You know, if we have a common interest, I think that's really important. And that's one thing that I do strive for with the channel. And it sounds like the way you, that's kind of how you see, you know, being part of the disabled community in inside another community, like the whiskey community. That's part of it. Um, I do believe it's not always sunshine and roses and rainbows, but sometimes it is saying, you know, I had a really awful day with whatever else happened or, um, like equipment or wheelchair stuff broke or how am I going to deal with that? But I know at the end of the day that I can take refuge in places like Whiskey Tube and other places. Yeah. Knowing that I can show up whatever kind of day that I'm having um, with people who care for me because when, when there are good days, you know, there are other positive things to share. And even though I have far from the most impressive um, collection on Whiskey Tube or, or anywhere really, like I've, I've been lucky enough to try some really amazing pours um, gifted to me by um, Donnie Linux Cat and Trev and others. And I'm just so grateful for everything that I'm able to experience um, as part of this community and others. And even if I don't have the means to share that direct experience with other people, I want to do as much as I can to extend that in a, in a realistic but also um, positive way. So really, my push is mostly just lean into authenticity. And sometimes that's ugly. But it is what it is. You know, sometimes you get a bad pour mm-hmm. and you don't really cry about it. You just go, oh, <laughs> I don't really want to do that again. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm good. I don't need any more of that ever. <laughs> and you just take it as a learning experience. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you, you use a wheelchair. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Basically, I am a full-time um, power wheelchair user. So effectively, I navigate um, the world strapped to 400 plus pounds of equipment. I don't really do subtle unless it's on online venues that can kind of sneak in and people don't really notice um, that much. But, you know, in, in sort of IRL world, I'm very physically obvious um, to people. Um, so that's just part of that's just part of re- what reality is for me. 
Well, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like, you know, it's sort of why I feel safe a bit online when I'm, you know, recording, you know, the, the live streams or the podcast, you know, it's not front and center that I do have a disability, you know, the one arm thing, like unless you meet me in person, a lot of times people online don't see that. And to be honest, I do get a little bit of comfort in that. Now, I feel like I shouldn't, and I'm, I'm kind of not mad at myself about that, but I really wish I could be a little more, not open about it, because I am, if anyone asks me, I mean, people know, but a lot of people don't. So it's always that awkward moment, like whenever I'm going to meet someone in person, or I'm going to a whiskey festival, or, you know, just meeting like a viewer, or just a friend from WhiskeyTube, I always have to be like, do they know I have one arm? And I always feel so self-conscious when I'm approaching them for the first time. Like I'm going to a meetup that we're doing in September for a bunch of channels, um, as well as just viewers of WhiskeyTube. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. Like I, I just feel like there's maybe a lot of people that may not know that I have one arm and you all, you know, you know, you always get stares and you, you worry about things like that. But how have you found um, kind of approaching that kind of situation? You mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but I just wonder if you had anything else to say on that. I, in the real world, have sort of a reputation for kind of a little bit of RBS, which is uh, resting bitch face. <laughs> if I don't know you really well and you approach me with um, what I feel to be invasive questions, there are times in my life where people's idea of an icebreaker is, how do you have sex? Where do I get a wheelchair like that? What's wrong with you? Wait, that's their icebreaker question? That's the first thing they ask you is like, how do you have sex? Yeah, literally. And I'm like, wow. Not with you. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, oh man, that's horrible. So it's one of those things that in my situation, I can't help but realize that it's going to be an issue for some people. And I try to sort of just kind of play it off as much as I can until either it is a legitimate issue with like, oh, there's not a ramp. Where's the ramp? Where do I go from here? But especially places like Whiskey Tube have really given me some of the confidence to be um, more secure in the idea of, you know, a lot of these people already like me for me. And even if they're not fully prepared for the visual, I'm okay with that to some extent, because even if it doesn't go as I would hope for one individual, overall, I've had enough one-on-one -on -one conversations with other people in the group that overall I can make the best of it. So that's, that's kind of how I lean into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, this actually might be a, a good direction maybe to take this conversation. I think, you know, a lot of people listening, you know, may not know how, what's appropriate or the appropriate way to react in certain situations. And, you know, some people are like, do I mention it? Do I, do I notice like, you know, what would be your ideal, you know, first interaction? Let's say you've, you've talked to someone online, you just haven't met them in person. How would you, not that, how would you want them to act? That doesn't sound necessarily correct, but like, what, what would you hope for with that first interaction? Generally, my first hope is that if we've had a fair amount of interaction online, that you remember how you know me from the virtual space first. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a coffee nerd. You know, I'm a sci-fi nerd. You obviously know that, like, I, I love scotch and bourbon and, and those kinds of things. And let's start with there, and then if the rest of if you if we can kind of build off conversations we've already had in a positive way after that if you have authentic honest like questions to ask i'm okay with that and i don't mind being able to be a support system and a sounding board for people i like to be able to do that when i have the energy to do so it is not um if i'm not part of like paid staff to do that it is not my job to educate people but if you're somebody that we already have a relationship I, I like to be able to help build 
um, authentic relationships um, as much as as much as I can with people. Right. You know, let's try and make the world a little better, or our corner of it, our corner of the world, a little better for everybody. And I'm glad to be part of that. Absolutely. And I, I, that's a great way to put it. I mean, you know, like you said, make if you're gonna have a conversation with us, you know, make it about us, make it about, you know, what you know about us, um, you know, our shared love, our shared interest, or even if, you know, you're new, new to meeting someone, you know, don't like just be the first question be like, what happened to your arm? It's like, you know, when I was little, that was always what everyone always asked me, like first, first interaction, what happened to your arm? And that always bothered me. But like you said, you know, once you're getting to know someone and you're asking it in genuine curiosity, I have no issue talking about it. It's just when it's just the way that it's approached, you know, that's not that's not the first thing about my personality. I want you to get to know if that makes sense. And maybe the first visual thing you see about me, oh, he's missing an arm. But like, don't base your opinion on me based on, you know, what you see. I think mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I think is most important. You know, like I'm more of a person than what, you know, you may see as my disability, if that makes sense. Right. No person is just one thing. Um, and overall, I have, you know, 90 plus percent positive things to say about the whiskey community and whiskey tubes specifically. And the parts where I just didn't fit, I just kind of looked and went, okay, that's not a place where I fit. I'll just go find some places that I do fit. And I was lucky to find places um, like your channel and others that were really welcoming um, to me and your, dis your Discord, uh, Clifton, and um, the Hangouts in particular when COVID was really um, at its peak. I think we're a really big deal for everybody. And there are people there who who I'm forever grateful to uh, whatever happens because that's been an outlet. I wouldn't have had it without your channel specifically. Absolutely. Hey, good good segue to my uh, Discord server. If you guys are not yet part of it, uh, you can go to bourbonbites.com. There's a link there to the Discord server. Everyone is welcome there. You know, like like Emily said, it's it's a very diverse group of people, but we all have a passion for whiskey. And I've met so many friends on the Discord itself that I didn't know beforehand. And it's such, I, I feel so grateful that I had the idea to just start a Discord server where we could all chat just throughout the day. You know, not just my live streams on Thursday. I get to actually interact with people every day and it's just been such a positive like you said during covid i mean it was basically my social outlet so i'm i'm really grateful for the community that's grown there and everyone that contributes to that you guys i, I love you all so much <laughs> yeah thank you and the culinary side of the bourbon bite server in particular is really a thing to behold oh yeah yeah the the steaks and the, the people going out to eat it's just yeah the the steaks and the cocktails and all all, all the things yeah it's 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 such such a talented community Yes, exactly. Wow, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on. I love chatting with you and I love getting your perspective on things. I think, you know, this community is so great. And yes, there's ways that we can all do better. Um, but overall, are there any kind of final thoughts you have just about WhiskeyTube or just the community in general? Um, I think especially with WhiskeyTube, there, there's a place for most people, depending on what your interests or um, your culinary knowledge are and if you find a place that you're not a good fit for um there's probably another channel um just around somewhere with a different focus that that you can dig into and um just there shouldn't be any stress if you find a community where where you don't really fit as well just you know keep looking until you find your spots where you feel like you have something to um contribute and then to um get something back so I think that's just generally a good way to handle things online. So thank you so much again, Clifton, um, for, for the opportunity. I'm, I'm just so 
intensely grateful for the entirety of this community. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for all you do for the community. And for those of you listening, thank you for listening. Hopefully you feel comfortable here on my channel. And if you have anything that, you know, maybe something you want to address or something that you would like me to talk about, feel free to email me anytime, contact at bourbonbites.com. Love hearing your feedback. If there's anything I can improve on and, you know, talk about different issues that I haven't touched on before, definitely let me know. But most of all, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Bourbon Bites podcast. Cheers, and I'll talk to you next episode. Bye, y'all.